Life is great, and it's getting better every day. It's the Adventures of Indiana Jim for September 16th, 2019. Coming to you not exactly live from... The Cliffs of Insanity! Where life is an adventure. And if adventure has a podcast, it must be Indiana Jim. You have chosen lies. Don't tell me you've never heard of me. I'll explain. And I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes. Morons. You, boy, are arrogant, hot-tempered, entirely too bold. I like that. Reminds me of me. I don't believe I've ever seen such a display of courage, skill, nerve, grace, and stupidity. And now, that international man of mystery, that intrepid arch-geekologist, Indiana Jim. I have entertained in all the courts of Europe and speak a ready wit in their every tongue. I told you I was famous. Hello and welcome back to the adventures of Indiana Jim. And as is my typical habit, here I am. Uh, more than a week after the previous episode and that's just kind of the way it goes right now how's everybody doing and before you start thinking that man that's a really overly cheerful introduction okay okay well maybe we maybe it wasn't overly cheerful i haven't i don't think i have been overly cheerful in 10 years (laughs) but um I, I, there are things happening upstairs in my brain pan, and uh, I am here to share those things because this is the adventures of Indiana Jim, and if any, if anything, Indiana Jim's life is an adventure. I have some clarity to discuss with you, uh, clarity of thought, clarity of idea, clarity of purpose. And I have a new book. Um, I have a book out. I have a book for sale. I have a new couple new books begun. And uh, I will definitely talk about that in this episode. So I just got back from the Free the Dream conference, which is put on by Cliff Ravenscraft, formerly known, the artist, formerly known as the Podcast Answer Man. And if you have followed Cliff Ravenscraft for any length of time, you know that he, uh, you you kind of know his story of leaving behind his lucrative career in insurance, lucrative but soul-sucking career in insurance, to pursue podcasting, which he loved. And then you may also have heard of his leaving behind the podcast consulting, the podcast answer man, to become a uh, business and life coach and trending more towards the life coach. And you may have wondered, why is he doing that? And Cliff shared something interesting recently. I don't know if it was on the Cliff Ravenscraft show. Uh, Or, hey, how about that? Taking the podcast Answer Man and turning it into the Cliff Ravenscraft show. That's quite a step. Cliff is the kind of guy who has taken bold steps to reinvent himself and it hasn't always been met with the approval of the crowd. In fact, what I was going to say that Cliff shared recently was that he lost, all told, 
two-thirds of the audience that he had as the podcast answer man. He went from roughly 15,000 subscribers to 5,000 subscribers all told, and it dropped down even to, to three, which me being me, I don't know how many subscribers I have. It's I doubt it's even in 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 the one hundreds. <laughs> I mean, it might not even be in in fifty. It might not be that high. Uh, I really don't know right now. I don't have a way to track that. But suffice to say that I don't know what that's like. And three thousand subscribers would be a luxury. But to go from fifteen thousand to three thousand, back up to five, that's a sizable chunk of your audience that's gone. But I think that what Cliff has done is grabbed a hold of a more meaningful audience and, and a more broad, broad-based broad audience. Uh, he's not the guy to go to for the technology behind podcasting and the, and the social media stuff that he used to cover and, and all that all that stuff in that space. He just doesn't spend his time there as much anymore, and which is, which is great for him. Um, so we, my wife and I went to his conference, and uh, I had invited her to come along. And, and this is the thing, we've gone through some things in the past where, you know, she even said to, uh, if you remember Slice of Sci-Fi, Michael Armenegay, she even said to his face that she hates podcasting. And a lot of that had to do with podcasting taking so much of my time away from the family. And so for her to come to this place, and it, it's not about podcasting, the, the, the conference is definitely not about podcasting. In fact, I felt a lot like the odd guy out because a lot of these people are what you call entrepreneurs. These are people that are, are in getting into business for themselves. And a lot of, a lot of coaches, honestly, a lot of coaches, um, you, you've, you had, uh, let's see, what's Aaron Walker, who's an author. And also he was a businessman. He, he owned tons of, uh, a, a large network of pawn shops, um, and, and took the business very seriously um, and started has started and left 14 different businesses. You know, he'd start a business, get it on its feet, get it going, and, and get it going, and then he'd be bored with it and go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And just pawn shops is where he got his start, opening his first pawn shop with a with investors at the age of 18. <laughs> and so he, you have that. Then you have PJ Jonas, her and her husband Jim, started a goat farm up here in Scottsburg, Indiana, right near where we are. And not just a goat farm, but they when they moved out to Indiana, she started collecting different animals and things and they and they developed this farm. And she owns the business Goat Milk stuff and they make all of these different products from goat milk. And it's called goatmilkstuff.com. And it's a multi-million dollar business with the two of them and their eight children. <laughs> running the show. She had a lot to say about how they involve their kids and how their kids have become entrepreneurial in, in their spirit because they've grown up being business people, contributing to the success of this family business. And who else did you have? Obviously, you have Cliff Ravenscraft, who's a, who's a coach. You have uh, Ray Edwards, who runs a, a copywriting academy. He has the uh, a certification program, the Ray Edwards Certified Copywriting Program. He has written ad copy for multi-million dollar corporate clients and he has been very successful there and so there's a lot of areas around the entrepreneurial thing but there's so much to learn about 
mindset at this place. Cliff has retooled and, and redefined himself as the mindset answer man, not just the podcast answer man. And so there is a lot at this conference that you can learn from even if you're not an entrepreneur. But considering the fact that I want to write novels, well, just starting from there, that is entrepreneurial. It's not like I have some unique idea that I'm going out into the world and starting a business and getting investors and doing that that whole thing. And the, the word entrepreneur is, has gotten such a, a strange connotation that it only means these certain people. And you have people like Joanna Penn, who if you listen to her, she um, her book, I'm trying to remember, author, entrepreneur, authorpreneur? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if she made up a word or if that's just author, entrepreneur. I know it's in her book, um, the book that I can't think of right now because it's on my Kindle and I don't have it in front of me. But anyway, authors are entrepreneurs as well. We have ideas. We have unique ideas. It's, it's our unique voice. And so the idea is, is trying to get them out into the world. And following Dean Wesley Smith and Christine Catherine Rush, they have started really talking about licensing. They attended the licensing expo out in Las Vegas and learned almost a whole new idea about the approach of business. See, for most authors, it's, this is my book, and I want to sell my book. And it's all about the book, 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 book. We're like chickens, book, 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 take my book. And when it comes to licensing properties, you look at someone like J.K. Rowling. She's got her own theme park. She's got the book. She's got the movie. She's got stage play. She's got so many different areas where her intellectual property has been licensed. Um, all the, the tchotchkes everywhere that you see. The authors really sell themselves short in the amount of potential that they have with their intellectual property. Now, many times, most of the time, it starts with it starts with a book. It starts with a novel. But let's take something else. Let's take something like Warhammer. Warhammer was a game first. It was a board game, a tabletop game first. And now you have video games and you have mobile apps and you have books that came out of that. Dungeons and Dragons, much the same way. All of these licensed products that were licensed on the intellectual property. And even on some of these, you know, movies. So it really behooves an author to start thinking as a licensor because just selling books is only a fraction of the pie. I mean, we have this this big thing called an intellectual property, and there's a there's a pie. You can cut however many slices out of that pie you want and license it to people for a limited time, not selling all of it to a traditional publisher. And that's where the traditional publishers have it over the author, is that their draconian contracts now are taking all of these rights that the author should keep for themselves, that the author will benefit greatly from. And yet we don't think of it because, well, I want my name on a book, and I want my book in a bookstore because it's all about the book. And it's not just about the book. It's about the story, which leads me to the next topic here. Well, and Let me just recap. I don't want to recap. I just let me go back to, to Free the Dream Conference. So, it was a really nice time for my wife and I to connect on a, a similar philosophical level because she got to kind of sit and hear all of the things that I've been learning recently, um, got to be exposed to you know Cliff more directly. It was a really awesome time to sort of be on the same page in the same mental headspace together. 
so she can sort of see where I'm going in my ideas and it gives us a, a launching point to, to communicate more. So it was, that was the best part of the conference. Really great experience. And if you feel stuck in your life, in your career, in your business, whatever, look into Cliff Ravenscraft. Go, go find his YouTube channel, watch his vlogs, check out the podcast, the Cliff Ravenscraft show. Look at the different speakers that, that speak at, at Free the Dream and you'll see a it's really phenomenal lineup of very inspirational, influential speakers, people who have, who've done, you know, who you would say have done great things, you know, have been very successful, but are also paying it forward to other people who they're all very generous with their time. And if you are um, like me, you are a, a Christian, then you will find even more value because there's a lot of spiritual value in these speakers' content because a lot of them, most of them, are uh, believers as well. And even if you're not one, there's plenty to learn about mindset and how the brain works, um, how our thoughts affect our actions, which affect our results. You don't have to be a, a Christian to believe that. In fact, we just happen to believe that God made it work that way. No, you don't have to. That's fine. Anyway, so... I really kind of had a moment of clarity, and maybe maybe not because of the conference, but maybe so. Maybe being in that environment and just being surrounded by people of the same mind and, and same persuasion um, as far as getting out of our own way <laughs> to, to be successful. It made me come to a realization about this show. And I've come to different realizations about this show, but I think this is even better. And it, it's still in line with where I've been thinking, but now I understand why. Because I really nailed down the idea, and this also leads to this new book that I started. I've really come to the realization that my life has been all about storytelling. Even going back to, to my childhood. Uh, when I was four, I read Twas the Night Before Christmas to the entire daycare class, okay? A big audience, right? But I was four. I was a very gifted reader, skilled speller, effective communicator. <laughs> um, I have I have been a lover of language and a lover of, of reading and speaking and singing for my entire life. I can remember as a child, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't have a lot of stuff didn't have a big social life, and I didn't have a lot of distractions. So I, I spent a lot of time by myself. And my, my dad was a single father, spent a lot of time with his computer and ham radio. And so I had a lot of time to myself. And I did play with other kids. But, you know, when, you, when you're a kid and you go out, let's say you go out and play Army, or you go out and you play with your action figures. And I, and I had time to play with, with cousins and other kids and things like that. But I spent a lot of time by myself and a lot of role-playing. And I was always making up a new story, always making up a new adventure with my G.I. Joes or my, uh, I had GoBots. Well, my dad didn't buy Transformers. <laughs> his GoBots were cheaper. <laughs> so, uh, but even just in my imagination, just outside, making up stories, making up, you know, role-playing things. And even to the point that when I was, I don't know if I was 10 or 11, 9, 10, 11, somewhere around there, 
I took my dad and, and our next door neighbor and I sat them both down to teach them how to play with G.I. Joes. Like, this is how you do it. Now that I'm older, I, I, I can't sit down and just make stuff up like that with, with the kids anymore. Just for whatever reason, that part of the brain, when you're adult, when you're an adult, tends to you know, find a different place to go. And so it, it manifests itself and expresses itself on the page, on the screen, on the, in the written word. Or the spoken word as attested to by Codename Starkeeper or Thesis of Fantasy, uh, the, the audio productions that I've done. And so I'm fascinated by stories. And I was absorbing stories from a very young age. Just the, the many different TV shows I remember and the stories from those shows and um, the feeling that those shows and movies and I was constantly just absorbing that I was just picking up on it catching it in my brain storing it for later and that kind of stuff always comes back um, in some fit of inspiration or another and I you know I've seen older westerns and older tv shows that other people don't remember them my wife's like how do you remember this show I've never heard of this show it happens to me all the time and so I realized that you know, when you start looking at uh, let's let's go to the Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. If you haven't read that, please please read that. That book helps you kind of go back to your childhood. You know, what where are you especially gifted? This this gift, this talent, this skill of yours, your zone of genius, may have revealed itself somewhere in childhood, along with many of the limiting beliefs that we have also acquired come from our uh, childhood verbal and visual programming that we received. And so it's an interesting thing to go back to one's childhood to figure out both where am I uniquely gifted and how am I screwed up <laughs> to, to do both of those things in the same uh, area of time is, is a very interesting experience. It's been a fun journey unpacking all that. And so when I realized that Gosh, you know, I, I did that my top 10 favorite unsung movies. Well, what was so great about those movies was the stories inside of them. And where the execution may not have been up to critical standards or even up to most people's standards, the stories still resonate with me and resonated with me at the time. And so even when it comes to when it comes to the writing crusade, you know, I'm a writer. This is what I'm, I'm, I'm telling stories. Or the show I never really started, The Temple of Geek, which was all about media properties and the stories that they tell. Readers of the Lost Library, all about books that I've read and the stories that they tell. One of the other things that I've done recently if you look up jump cut academy these guys um, put together video series about um, well one of their products in the past was was about dating um you know um, simple pickup was one of their one of their properties simple pickup which youtube their youtube channel where they where they taught guys how to use <clears throat> simple pickup lines you know I'm trying to remember what other stuff they've done but you can look them up, look them up, and see what they've done. If if it interests you, I'll I'll try to provide links in the show notes. But they've put out some free trainings recently, and one of those was about creating knowledge products. You see this, you know, people 
like Cliff Ravenscraft, he sold, uh, did podcasting A to Z, which was more of a direct one-on-one group coaching, one-on-one kind of deal. Um, but you'll have other ones uh, like uh, Dave Jackson, schoolofpodcasting.com. He has digital products you can go and buy and, and learn a thing. So you have learning modules in these digital products, and you get those a lot on Kajabi or other places. Or Teachable. You know, Dean Wesley Smith and Christine Catherine Rush, they sell seminars. And, and anyway, you know you know what I mean. These, these digital training products. Well, their course, this little course, was kind of about, oh, this is an introduction to selling digital products. But of course, then it was is also a long form advertisement for their complete package training. You know, where you get the one on one attention and all of that. So, watching the this video series, they kind of said, you know, okay, one of the things that holds us back from maybe preparing and presenting a digital product is that, well, I'm not an expert on that. There's so many other people that are so much smarter than me in that area. However. There is some area or even a few areas where you know more than somebody who would gladly pay to get the information that you have so that they can be at the level you are, which is a, it's kind of a mind-blowing concept. I've never really thought about it that way. I, I am an expert to somebody. So, and and <clears throat> Jesse, the guy that presented this this information, he said, you know, his example was fourth grade math. Well... I am smart enough where I could teach fourth grade math to fourth graders. I may not know calculus and trig and all this stuff, but I can teach fourth grade math to fourth graders. And of course, you know, fourth graders don't really have the scratch to pay for you to teach them, but that was just an example. So when I look at where I'm at as a, as a writer, I've got some products for sale. I'm working on more. I'm sort of just starting out on this self-publishing thing, but I know something about storytelling. I know more than a beginning writer about storytelling. I can analyze storytelling better than some, not as good as others. But see, the anal- in the analysis is also your perspective. Your perspective is different than some other person's perspective. So I started writing a book. I, basically, the working title is Storytelling 101. And again, not that I, not that I am some expert on a vast compendium of stories but I know how to research I know how to read and I know how to communicate and I know how to start and finish a story or a novel and I believe that in my education and my learning and and the things that I've studied in the last several years that I can help beginning writers or or writers writers whatever whatever state of beginning you're in or if you're you've been doing it for a long time you just can't seem to get finished I can help those people. And so I started writing a book called Storytelling 101. And I thought it was going to be pretty short. I thought it was going to be, this is going to be kind of, um, here's a few quick and dirty tips for beginning writers, right? It's actually, it's starting to get more in-depth than I thought it was going to be. It's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about, you know, characters, but here's a little bit about characters. And then I realized as I was going, wow, there's a lot more information that I could share. There's a lot more things that I could teach a lot more ideas that I have that have helped me figure out how to write characters and how important they are that I could pass that on to somebody. So that is the kind of the new book that I started as, as well as the sequel to first blade, of course, got that started. And 
so I'm, I'm in this place now where I have generated some momentum. And um, after I was sick last week and we've had this conference this weekend, I'm ready to get back on the horse. But I had to come over here in front of this microphone, behind this microphone, and um, talk to you and share with you some of these things that have been going through my mind. So um, don't have a lot prepared for this episode. I just wanted to get on here and, and, and again, share, like I said, <laughs> share what I've been learning and what I've been picking up. And um, I will definitely have more to come. And hopefully, with a renewed focus, the, the purpose is celebrating the stories that we love and the stories that I love and, and passing on tips and things for those of you who are also into telling the stories to the people. I do hope to hear from you. Really, really, honestly, that's, that's the currency that we podcasters live by, is, is feedback. I'm going to let my friend J.R. Murdoch take us out and tell you all the ways you can contact me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Adventures of Indiana Jim, a production of Visionary Creative Works. Call the voicemail line at 760-705-INDY. That's 760-705-4639. Send your emails or MP3 comments to Indiana Jim Podcasts at gmail.com. Follow Indy on Twitter at Indiana Jim. Visit adventuresofindianajim.net for more information and audio content. This is J.R. Murdoch on Twitter at J.R. Murdoch and at jrmurdoch.com. 